everyone today and especially our guests. We are so happy to have you in service this morning. Thank you for being with us. If you're watching us online, wherever you're watching from, we pray that you're blessed by this service this morning. I hope all of you folks that normally sit in the middle sections have your heart rate has lowered and blood pressure has gone down since you came in this morning and had to figure out a new spot. Praise God. Amen. So this was suggested after we set up for the wedding and we're giving it a try. Amen. Praise God. Would you stand? I want to read one verse as we begin this morning. That is Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. I, uh, I realized a long time ago, probably not as soon as I should have, but I realized a long time ago that as the one preaching, what you preached applies to you. And, and there are some areas I was a given, but, you know, there's, there's other areas... Like, that I, you know, that it's for you, not for me. And then I had to start living what I preached. So I'm always mindful of that. But I, I, I don't know if I've ever really said this or done this before. But I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna just preach to me this morning, and you're welcome to listen. <laughs> Last week during uh, the meat meeting. And uh, that wasn't a meeting about beef and pork and chicken and whatever else. Meat stands for ministers experiencing apostolic truths. Bishop talked about seed at one point. Talked about rain and the sun and that. And as he was talking about that, I, I the Lord kind of directed me to something. And I kind of just made a note of it and not sure when I would come back to it but as I was feeling out direction for this morning I, I feel like the Lord brought that to mind and so I hope and pray it'll be a blessing to me this morning <laughs> Genesis 8 verse 22 while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night shall not cease I want to preach to you this morning I don't know how geared up I'll get but I want to preach to you this morning on this subject Lessons from germination. Lessons from germination. Father, thank you for your wonderful presence that we have felt in this place this morning. Thank you, God, for the way in which you have already powerfully ministered to hearts and lives in this place today. And now, God, I trust that you will continue to minister this morning and that you would do that through your word, that you would speak to our hearts 
That we would hear not a sermon, God, but that we would hear a message, a word that would come from you. A fresh and a living word, Lord. I trust in you today, Father. I depend upon you this morning for your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's nice to have both of my sons on the worship team this morning. It's always a treat. I know that I know that most of you know this, so I will remind you and perhaps explain to others of you. I believe that everything and there's plenty of ways throughout scripture that confirm this. But I believe that everything God did in nature the way God designed, created everything. And we do believe that God created the heavens and the earth. We do not believe that we got here from evolution. Amen. I do believe in the Big Bang Theory, but I don't believe in evolution. When God said, let there be light, there was a Big Bang. Maybe not, but anyway. But everything, in fact, from the very beginning of Scripture, we find things that God did that are intended to be examples of spiritual principles. Even, even in, the, in the second verse, really the first verse, but even as quickly as the second verse, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That is a, that is a type of salvation right there. If you've never read it, go read John chapter 3 and the first several verses or so in the Message Bible. And it uses terminology just like this. And so it's important for you and I to understand God speak to, speaks to us in many ways through many different things. And so that's the context of this verse I read to you this morning. It's not intended to be some kind of just statement of what happens in life, what happens in nature. But there are some principles here that you and I need to understand and we can glean from. And again, the scripture says that as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be cold and heat. There's going to be summer and winter. There's going to be day and night, it shall not cease. These things and, and, and what they represent will be ongoing cycles as long as the earth remains. I suppose that when there is a new heaven and a new earth, that that may not be the case exactly the same way. But as long as we are on this earth in this period of time, these things will happen. How many of you here today do not like summer? Well... The bad news is, it's summertime. 
We felt it yesterday. How in the world we go from needing jackets a week ago to needing cold water dumped all over us the next week, I, I don't know. So the bad news is, the worst of summer isn't even here yet. The worst of the heat and the humidity has not arrived yet. That's the bad news for those that don't like summer. The good news is, for those that don't like summer, it is a season. How many of you like summer? The good news for you is... Summertime. The bad news is it won't last. How many of you hate winter? I, my hands, I, I'm putting my hand up. I like, I love winter. I got bad news for you. Winter's coming. Because seasons change. Brother Hurt talked about it a few weeks ago. But, but more than the seasons and the seasons changing, what I, what I want you to get from this verse is that there are things that are a part of life. They are cycles that we go through. I, I think that when things are going wrong in your life, I think when things are sort of falling apart, or if your relationship with God seems to be uh, getting a little bit stagnant, I think the very first response to that should always be repentance. That shouldn't be the last thing on our list. Well, maybe I got something I need to... No, I think the first place we ought to go is to find out, is there something in my life that I need to be aware of and I need to not just ask God to forgive me. I said it a couple of weeks ago. Repentance is not just as we say or as some say in 2021. Repentance is not just, oh, my bad, God. Repentance, biblical, true repentance, is a change of heart. It's a change of mind. If you have committed sin and repented and your attitude is, well, if I could do it again, I'd do it again, you haven't repented. You may have apologized, but you haven't repented. Because repentance, again, is a change of direction. It's a change of heart. It is a change of mind. One of the definitions of repentance is to think differently. So again, I'm not going to get into it as much as I did a couple of weeks ago, but I, I, I'm concerned that for many believers, we don't really repent. Especially when you go back and do the same thing over and over and over again. You haven't repented. You've just apologized. But I think that should be the first thing. But I, I gotta tell you, I think for, for the, for the, the typical genuine child of God, saint, disciple, Christian, whatever term you want to use, most of what we are going through, most of what you deal with is not God disciplining you. Most of what you're going through is, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be cold and heat. 
There's going to be summer and winter. There's going to be day and night. It is an ongoing part of life. It is an ongoing part of your relationship with God. I may not like the nighttime, or I may be having, anybody ever had a rough night sleep and basically couldn't wait for the night to be over? Oh, how about this? How many of you ever went into the day in the morning exhausted and couldn't wait to get to nighttime? The problem is this, a second is a second. You can't speed it up. Now, you can go to bed early and it still be daylight, but as far as night and day, you can't speed it up. You can't pray it away. It's a part of the cycle. It's a part of the process. And so, he states early in Scripture... As simple as it may seem, he says, these things will be, the, the, the uh, Solomon said it, something, I guess, similar to expounding on this in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. He says, to everything, there is a season, there's a time, there's a time to laugh, but there's a time to cry. There, there's a time to mourn, there's a time to dance. There are, there are those things that are a part of life. Some of you may be in a season of mourning today. It's not because you've messed up so bad and God's punishing you. It just is the time that you're in. Some of you are in a season of dancing. You better enjoy it. Because mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, is coming. You know something else that's interesting to most of us, I think, we consider the start of the day when? In the morning, we consider our day to start in the morning. When you read Genesis chapter 1, that's not the sequence God says. The scripture says the evening and the morning were the first day. In God's way of seeing it, the day starts with the night. Because we've got it all backwards. We can't wait to get to the night to recuperate from the day. Not understanding God designed the night to prepare you for the next day. Not to get over the previous day. Y'all sit there, I'm preaching to me. The evening and the morning. Some of you are depressed because you're in an evening. You ought to be shouting. Because it means there's something new that God is doing. There is something new that is beginning in your life. The night is not punishment. The night is not because God is unhappy. The night is because there's a new day that's coming. And God's going to do some things in the night season of your life to get you prepared for the next day. What does all of that have to do with my title? First of all, I think everything, every living thing, in essence, begins with a seed. Every living thing begins with a seed. Human beings begin with a seed. 
Plants begin with a seed. Animals begin with a seed. Everything begins with a, a seed. It's the way God designed it. One of the things that's amazing, especially when I think about the seed of a plant, that and these are all fake, if you didn't know that. I hate to bust your bubble. But pretend for a moment they were real in a tiny seed. In one tiny seed is everything necessary to eventually become this. Don't miss the magnitude of what God has planned for you because of the size of the seed. So we, we often, when we talk about seed, in a spiritual context, I think first and foremost we think of seed in the context of the Word of God. And we know Jesus referred to that. We, we have the parable of the sower and the seed. And in that parable, the seed was the Word of God. But as is the case, there are different layers and different applications to things in Scripture. And Jesus says this in Matthew thirteen thirty eight: The field is the world. That's kind of similar to the other parable, but this part is different. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. So here he says, you and I are seed. The other parable, it's the word. And that's it's part of evangelism. It's a part of preaching is you're sowing seeds. You're sowing the word of God as seed. But, but there's also, Jesus says that you and I, are seed. And what do you do with seed? You sow it. You plant it. And can I tell you this morning, I believe that you and I go through cycles in our walk with God where we get planted all over again. We go through the process of germination all over again. Listen to what Job says in Job chapter 23. If you're here today and you're not familiar with Job, Job had the worst day of anyone in all of history. In one single day, he lost all of his possessions. He lost seven sons and three daughters in one single accident. The only thing that he had remaining was a wife, and she must have had an insurance policy because she said, why don't you just curse God and die? And so the whole book of Job is, is this journey of Job's from losing everything to eventually God restoring it all. And in the course of that, Job says this in Job 23 and verse number 1, Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. Anybody besides me today ever felt that way God if I could just find you I give up you can come out now 
Oh, that I knew where I might find him. I I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There the righteous might dispute with him. So should I be delivered forever from my judge. Watch this. Behold, I go forward. He's not there. And backward I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, I cannot behold him. You ever come to church and needing something from God and look around and see God touching people and ministering to people and think, oh boy, here comes my turn. And by the time the service is over with, nothing ever happened. He said, I looked on the left hand where he was working, but I can't behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take, and when he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Do you ever think about what it would be like if, if non-human things, either living creatures or or other things if they had the ability to feel emotions like emotions like we had can you imagine what it would be like to be grass if you had every morning waking up to a new day with the anxiousness of whether or not today is going to be the day that I hear it coming and it's just a matter of time until half of me gets chopped off again. I mean, how about these seats? I imagine if these seats felt, had thoughts, Saturday night you'd probably hear them in here talking, well, fellas, we got about 12 hours to go. I hope you're ready. We got loads that are about to get sat on us of varying sizes and degrees. How about this? How about I, I bet you these mics would be interesting. They'd be like when they see certain people grabbing a hold of them, oh Lord, I wish I had my umbrella today. I know y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm just going to tell you, every now and then when this thing happens to bump your lips accidentally and you get a fresh whiff and know there's a bunch of other people, I keep telling them, I keep trying to drop a hint. You know, Bishop, when he was here regularly, he always had his own mic. I don't know the real reason for that, but I'm kind of wondering more and more the reason for that was it was solely his spittle. What about a seed? I wonder what a seed would feel. I wonder what a seed would think. I'll tell you, I think that what Job was saying sounds like something that was buried. Sounds like something that was covered up. Where am I? Where is God? I can I cannot I, I I don't know why I've ever tried to. I've thought about it a few times. I don't even know why you want try to imagine it, but 
I cannot imagine the terror of being buried alive. But a seed, it, it's got to be covered up. See, when Bishop was talking during meat, he was talking about how there's a need for sunlight and water for the seed to grow. But do you know that for most seeds, before there's ever a need for sunlight, there's got to be darkness. It's got to be completely covered up. There are some seeds. Grass seed is one. You just throw it out there on the surface and give it a few days, water it, and everything goes well. You're going to start to have grass. But there's a lot of seeds that must be buried. Corn is supposed to be buried somewhere between one and a half to two and a half inches. Carrots get buried a quarter to a half an inch deep. Cauliflower gets buried a quarter inch deep. But all of them are, the seed is completely covered up. It's in darkness. Anybody ever felt like, you don't have to respond, but because I'm preaching to me. Anybody ever felt like or anybody feel like presently you are just in a dark place? Can't seem to find him. Can't seem to, you know you need to pray, but you can't work up the energy to pray. You, you know what you need to do, but you just feel like you are covered up. And because of that, you're feeling overwhelmed. I've come to, I was going to say tell somebody today. I've come to tell me today. Listen to me preach this morning. You don't need much discernment to know where I am right now. You think I'm preaching this morning because of all the fasting and prayer and all the spirituality in my life? You're wrong. I know all of you are here today and doing what you're doing because you're so spiritual and on fire for God, but I'm pretty sure I'm probably not the only one that in the past or even present tense feels like I'm I'm covered I am buried but if something new is going to sprout from your life it's got to start in a place of darkness it starts in a place of being covered up. It starts in a place of being surrounded. It starts in a place of being overwhelmed. That's not punishment. That's not God's displeasure with you. But God looks at you once again and says you're a seed. I'm glad for what's happened in the past. I'm thankful for the harvest in your life in the past. But I've got to plant you again because I've got more I want to bring out of your life. I've got more more I want to do through you. So guess what? I got to bury you again. I got to cover you up again. I got to let you feel like you are completely isolated from everybody and even from me. But if you will let the process work. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, we get men of God come through here and talk about all the great things God's going to do at Antioch and Antioch Central. And we get all excited, not realizing that what that's code for is, I'm about to plant you. Because the only way I can produce a harvest is you've got to be sown. 
But the problem is we get a great word and next thing we know we feel buried. And so what do we start do? We start digging the seed up. Well, it must not be what he said. It may, God's not going to do it. It, it well, I'm, I must have missed it. No, it's got to germinate and it's going to germinate in darkness and you got to leave it there for a while. You're a guest today. You've never really begun your relationship with God, your walk with God. There's a really good chance you feel like you're in a dark place right now. I read it to you, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2. It says, it says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the earth. What you don't understand is when you got born again, or if you've yet to be born again, the reason you get born again is because a seed was sown. The outward is the expression. That on the right, is the expression of what was put underground. Some of you feel like you've been in a dark place. That's where you got to be if a seed's going to germinate. That's where you got to be if the seed is going to produce what it is it's designed to produce. The word germination according to Webster's Dictionary means to cause, to sprout, or develop. It's to come into being. It's to begin to grow or to sprout. I read an article online. The website is Home Guides. There was an article about light with regards to the process of germination. And again, Bishop was talking, talking about the need for, if a seed's going to grow, it, it needs sunlight, it needs water, and, 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 and obviously that's the case. But, but in a lot of ways, it doesn't need the sun until it's broken through the ground. Prior to that, if the seed is going to produce got to be covered up it's got to be in a dark isolated lonely place different seeds have different lengths of time before they germinate different seeds have different depths at which they must be planted some of you feel like you've been in a long season of darkness. I'm not just trying to hype you up or sound cute today, but you need to let that be of an encouragement to you. Because that means what is being, what has been sown and what is going to sprout and grow is going to be something of such great significance. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in just a couple of days. It may not even happen for several weeks. And in a spiritual context, it may take even months and sometimes years. Joseph had a seed sown in his life. Call it a dream, but it was really a seed. But it was decades before the fulfillment, before that seed produced. 
what it was designed to produce. This article I found says this, germination occurs when a seed comes out of dormancy and grows its primary root and shoot. Light isn't strictly necessary for germination in most plant species. However, some seeds germinate best in absolute darkness and others perform well with continuous sunlight. Light does become vital for every species after germination because the initial sprout will not survive if it cannot reach a light source. Eventually you need some light, but it starts off in a dark place. Anybody can walk in here and lift up hands and say, All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. When you walked out of the office on Friday and the boss gave you a raise. Or when you went to the doctor for tests and the test came back negative and you got a clean bill of... Anybody can worship then. What do you do when it's not going well? What do you do when the struggle is there? What do you do when you try to pray and you feel nothing? What do you do when you come to church and you see Him working but you can't feel Him working? The problem is too many times we do the wrong thing. Thankfully, sometimes we do the wrong thing and still recover. But others in that season completely misinterpret it and completely give up on their walk with God. Said it already, I, most of the time when you're born again, man, it's, it, everything is wonderful. Some of you probably said it. I know there have been many that have said it. They got, got born again, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And they go around telling people, I, I got the best thing I ever got. The best thing that's ever happened to me just happened to me. Woohoo! great, awesome, fantastic. But uh, <clears throat> sorry to tell you, cold is coming. Enjoy the heat while it lasts. Because cold is coming. Because that's seed time and harvest. But there's going to be another planting of you. There's going to be another hiding. There's going to be another covering up. And too many people go through their seasons and their walk, and that, that season in their walk with God, and they throw in the towel and they give up, not understanding, well, I'm in another evening. But the reason I'm in another evening is because there's a new day that's going to come. And if I can make it through the evening, and if I can get through the night, if I can get through the being buried and put underground process, if I can get through that Something fresh and new is going to sprout. Something new is going to come in my life. But I've got to be patient with the process. All plants need sunlight to grow and survive. But seeds do not necessarily need light to come out of dormancy. This makes sense when you think about how many seeds you've buried under an inch of topsoil that have successfully germinated. According to the Iowa Agricultural Literacy Foundation, the three necessities for seed germination in all species are water, oxygen, and warm temperature. You know what's so amazing? 
The Holy Ghost is living water. And the Holy Ghost is breath. And the Spirit can warm you. Everything necessary to bring about the germination of you as a seed is all in the Holy Ghost. But if you're not willing to stay buried for as long as it takes to germinate, and if you're not willing to get buried again in the future, you're never going to see all that God intended and planned for your life. The problem is, what do we do in those buried times? If you don't ever learn to worship in spite of what you feel or don't feel, you're never going to be a true worshiper. If you don't ever learn to be faithful to the house of God, whether you feel like it or not, you're never going to germinate. If you don't learn to do those things that are laid out in the Word of God as a part of a walk with God, no matter what you feel, you are never going to see the harvest that is intended. But if you will, be faithful to the process. If you'll allow what's supposed to happen to take place in that seed. In that seed is everything necessary to produce the outcomes God has intended for your life. You know, it, it, it's kind of amazing to me that human life starts that way. Start in a dark place. Start in a very confined place. Very uncomfortable place. Not that any of us remember it. But we understand the process. I don't, I'm glad I don't remember it. Because I got claustrophobia. I can't imagine nine months in those circumstances. If I got to have an MRI, I need an open MRI machine. Be trying to put. Don't, I don't even want to stick my arm up in that other machine. Life, human life, started off like that. Why? Why? Is that just some random thing God decided to do? Well, let me figure out how I'm going to cause new life to come into being. Is is that, is that all there is to it? Or was God trying to demonstrate a principle and a pattern for you and I? And that spiritually we were going to go through that over and over and over and over again. I know this isn't a run the aisle message this morning. But I believe it's a get you to heaven message. Because if we don't get, I'm not trying to be negative today. I'm not here preaching. I'm not trying to discourage you. In fact, I I forgot. I'm not preaching to you. I'm not here to discourage me. I'm here to encourage. 
But if we don't understand the reality of it, I look around this room this morning and I see some precious men and women of God who have been a part of this church for decades, some 40 plus years. I would be shocked if any one of them said that everything is gone the way they hoped and wished. And yet, I can look at many of them right now and think back to seasons in which fresh new things had sprouted. New seasons of fruitfulness. And yet, in due time, once again, they're buried. I look at Brother Ron Richards sitting back there. Brother Richard, how old were you when you came and got saved? 20s, early 20s? I, I can't hear. I'm getting old. I can't hear. 26? I, I would venture to say there's, in the history of Antioch, there's probably not a person that's sown as much, definitely not more seed than Brother Ron Richards. He's he's been not necessarily traveling from a pulpit, even though he's preached and preached from the pulpit, but he's an evangelist. How many strokes now? Eight strokes. Walks in here slowly, Challengingly, I, brother, brother Richard Bishop, you walk in here, watch him walk in here on, on a cane and partially bent over. Another one been a part of this. If you think this is all going to be just skipping through the tulips, cotton candy, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. There's going to be some dark days. There's going to be some dark seasons. But oh, if we could ever truly grasp the fact that my dark seasons is not God's punishment. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's God saying, I'm glad for everything that's happened so far, but there's so much more I want to do in you and through you, but i got to take you through the cycle again. I've got to bury you again. i I got to let you feel overwhelmed. i got to let you feel discouraged. i got to let you feel depressed. i I got to let you you feel like everything is over with because I got to bury you because I got to put you in a dark place for something new to be birthed in you but if you will just make up your mind like the apostle Peter said when the Lord said are you guys going to walk away as well and Peter responds and says Lord where else will we go because you alone have the words of eternal life oh if you and I could make up our minds God if you never answer another prayer the way I pray it if you never fulfill one more wish or desire that I have I'm going to stay right here if that means I'm buried I'm going to stay buried because if I will let the process complete itself there's going to be new life
Germination starts when water softens the protective seed coat in a process called imbibition. Once water has penetrated the seed coat, it reaches the endosperm, a starch reserve that makes up the bulk of the seed. This starch converts to a sugar as it interacts with water and the sugar is the primary energy source needed to launch the development of the embryo. But listen to this. The first, the first direction that something goes out of that seed. The first thing that comes out of that seed is not upwards. The first thing that comes out of that seed goes further down. The first part of life that comes out of that seed goes deeper, not higher. Because if you're eventually going to break through the soil and something is going to sprout in what that seed is intended to, it's important that there's more under the surface to bring stability to what's going to be above the surface. Some of you, there is something happening. There is something happening with that seed, but it's going downward right now. It's not going upward because God is not interested in us in having the success of the sprouting seed and it be a short-lived temporary thing. God wants there to be the root system that can go down. Look outside, my office has windows that look out of the back of the building to where all the trees are. You look out there in the winter time, those brown, empty branches. See if you don't understand the season. You don't understand the season of winter. You would look out there and think, we need to get the chainsaws out. We need to start cutting down the trees. They're all dead. Try out this middle aisle. You see no life. And yet, no person in their right mind would go out in wintertime to a tree that has no leaves on it and cut it down simply because it has bare branches. And we also know that while on the branches there may appear to be no life, and on the branches it may look like death, there is something that's going on under the ground that's going to prepare it for a whole nother season. That when the next springtime and summer and fall comes, there are things that happen in winter and winter alone to prepare it for the rest of the year. Can I preach to... 
somebody this morning that maybe you've got some bare branches right now. Maybe if we were to look at the branches of your tree, there's no leaves on it. And if we were to look at that and judge you by that, we would think, well, they are dead. But could it be that God has placed you in a winter right now and you are not dead? It is a barren season. It is a difficult season. But there are things that are going on in that season that God is doing because you're going to need them in the next season. It's not punishment. It's not God's displeasure with you. It's God's confidence and trust in you. I've got more. Job, I know everything you've got. I know you've got seven sons and three daughters. I, I know you're a wealthy, righteous man. But Job, I've got more for you. And I really hate to do this to you, Job. But I'm going to have to bury you really deep. I'm going to have to put you under for a while. I know it's going to hurt, Job. I know it's going to be a miserable season. If I went home today and somehow during this service, if we got home and our house had burned to the ground, I would mourn greatly. I'm a very sentimental person. I've got bins of stuff up in the attic that I haven't looked at for years and years. And I'm probably not going to look at it for another several years at least. But it's not getting thrown away. And don't tell me if I haven't used it in the last six months. I don't need it. I don't care. You throw your stuff away. I'm keeping mine. There are memories every time we've moved throughout our marriage. Sat and wept and cried like a baby almost. We, the last two houses we sold for somehow pizza became the last meal. The last supper. There's all of the, every now, I, I love our house now. I love where we live. I love the house, the neighborhood, all. But every now and then I find myself kind of longing to go back to the other one, more so just because of the memories. So now we've been in this house a couple of years, same thing. If I went home and it was burned to the ground, I would be, I would be very saddened. Especially also because there's a dog in the house now. that I have become attached to much more than I ever thought I would. <laughs> but I, 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 that, that's one thing. The loss of stuff is one thing. The loss of family. <laughs> I guarantee you Job would have been happy to give up all of his possessions to just still have his kids. There was something in that seed. There was something in that seed that had yet to produce. But the only way it could produce, it had to get buried. Oh God, if I could just find you. If I could just find you, God. It'd be alright. No, Job. I'm sorry. I got you covered up right now. You're not going to find me. You're not going to feel me. You're going to search for me. And you're not going to know where I am. But Job, it's all about what I'm doing. It's all about where I'm taking you. Because many of you have heard me say it. But my favorite verse 
in all of the Bible. Here's the sprout. Job 42 and 5. Remember in Job 23, he's, he's begging to find God. But listen to what Job says in Job 42 and verse number 5. I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now, but now, my eyes have seen you. I couldn't find you a few days ago. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I couldn't, I searched for you and I couldn't find you a few days ago. I looked, I did everything I know to do a few days ago and I couldn't find you. But now, but now, but now, the God I couldn't find, the God I couldn't feel, now I've seen you with my own eyes because the seed that was buried germinated and sprouted and now it has produced. Oh, Jesus. I need to remember I'm preaching to me, not you, so maybe I just need to give an altar call to me and I'll pray and you go home. I'm really not trying to be ignorant. I'm preaching to me in front of you because I think there's a decent chance (laughs) at least one other person. Maybe not a bunch, but maybe at least one other person in this room today can relate to what I'm preaching. Can relate to what it feels like to try to find Him, but you feel buried. You see, I think the thing is, what, what buries us, what buries us may be different things, different circumstances, different situations. Sometimes we're buried for a season by our failures. Sometimes God lets our failures be the thing as a part of the process of burying us. It doesn't really matter what God uses. It's all for the process. Oh, I beg somebody today. Don't give up right now just because you feel buried. Don't give up right now just because you feel like you can't find Him. Don't give up right now because it feels like you're in such a dark place. He's not responding and, and, and he's, not, he's not doing anything at least that you can tell. But from the moment, really from the moment that seed is put in the ground and is watered, something begins to happen. It's days and weeks and whatever length of time before you can eventually see it but from the moment it's buried something begins and so can I tell you today maybe you're not seeing it maybe you're not feeling it but if God's got you in a buried place there is something that's happening but stay in the process don't dig up the seed don't dig up the seed and abort the process trust the process trust that in that dark place 
there is something that is germinating. Trust that in that dark place, there is something new that God is birthing. And at some point in the future, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not even next week, but at some point in the future, you're going to begin to feel the warmth of the sunlight after you have broken through that place that you've been buried in because God, not the devil, not the devil, God chose to plant you because what God wanted to produce through you. Oh, Jesus, come on. I I think I'm just about done preaching. God's talking to you this morning. Come on, if God's, would you respond without any music, without a song? If I need to give an altar call and invite you, you're invited, whatever way in which. But I, I, I trust that I'm not here just preaching to me this morning. I trust that I'm not here this morning, that this is just about me. But I believe there's some others in this place today that you're in a buried place. You're in a place where you've been overwhelmed and covered up and you're wondering what's going on. It may not be the answer you were looking for, but I believe the Holy Ghost brought me today to give you an answer. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, you might be there for a little bit longer. You might be buried for a little bit longer, but it's going to be all right because something new has been sown. You've gone into a new evening because a new day is coming, but you got to stay in the process. Oh, Holy Ghost, help us today. I think we could apply what I, I think it was the Apostle Paul who said it. I think we could apply that to this message today. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Sometimes the weary in well-doing is just about the fact that you're buried. Don't give up on being buried. Don't give up on being planted. Trust that in due season... Come on, come on, the enemy wants us to misinterpret the season. The enemy wants us to misinterpret the circumstances because if we'll misinterpret the circumstances, we'll respond incorrectly. We'll deal with it incorrectly. We'll just give up. We'll just throw in the towel. What's the use? The use is God. God has planted you. You're a seed. You're a seed and God... Not punishment, not God's unhappiness, not God's displeasure, but God. God has planted you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on. If you need to respond for yourself, if the Holy Ghost is talking to you right now, please respond. 
For some of you, maybe this message is just a seed for the future and it's not necessarily what you need right now. Then I want to ask you to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost to let the Lord lead you to minister to somebody else. Let the Lord use you to minister to somebody this morning. Come on, if God's talking to you, then please respond. Please don't, don't feel pressure to do something differently. But if He's not really talking to you necessarily in this moment, then would you let him use you to minister to someone he is talking to? Oh, Jesus. Help us today. Oh, God, you know how many of us in this place today have misinterpreted the dark place, the buried place that we've been in, the buried place that we may currently be in. You know how many of us the enemy has worked on our minds today that we're there because of all that we've done wrong or we're there because of our failures or we're there because you've abandoned us, you've neglected us, and all of those things are lies. We are where we are. We're feeling what we're feeling. We're going through what we're going through because you have purposefully planted us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, help us today. Somebody needs to recommit to the process today. Somebody needs to recommit to the process today. I'm not digging up this seed that you've sown, God. I'm not digging up this seed that you've sown, God. I'm not digging up this seed that you've sown, God. I'm going to stay planted. I'm going to stay in the position you've put me in. It, it's not an enjoyable season. It's not an, an enjoy, it's not an enjoyable place. It's, it's not enjoyable feelings that I've got right now, but I'm going to trust that you have sown me. You have purposefully put me in this place because of what is going to sprout from my life in the future. Oh God, let the water of your spirit, let the oxygen of the spirit cause there to be germination in our lives. Cause that seed to grow and produce what you planned it to produce. If you need to go, if you want to go, you're welcome to do so. We're not done praying. The Holy Ghost is not finished working, but we're, we're not going to stop what God is doing.
I'm going to say it again. I know there are those of you here today, you've, you've made mistakes. You've had failures in your life. But I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost today, God has used all of that as a part of your planting. And as, jo- as Joseph said to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God intended for good. Maybe what's buried you today wasn't because of your failures or your mistakes. It doesn't really matter what God has used as the dirt to cover you up. The point is, it's all a part of the process of planting you so that He can produce through you what His purpose is in your life. Come on, some of you have been on the verge of giving up. Some of you have been saying, what's the use? Why, why, why keep trying? Why keep going on? The reason is because you're in the place you're supposed to be. You're planted. God has planted you. And oh, he's unlike any other farmer. He knows exactly the depth to plant you. He knows exactly the amount of moisture you need. He knows the exact right temperature that the soil needs to be. And he knows how to bring about from that seed. Jesus name Haramanda yeki ayararabo satala bahaya Ilamando robo seye ayararabo korianda la bahaya In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus You've purposefully sown us, God. You've purposefully planted us. Now by your grace, let the process, let the process work. Give us patience. The scripture tells us in Hebrews that after you've done the will of God, patience is what you need. Some of you have done the perfect will of God for your life. Some of you are in the perfect will of God for your life and you feel buried. You feel like nothing's happening. You feel like nothing's going on and the enemy wants you to question the will of God. The enemy wants you to question if you're where God wants you. You're exactly where God wants you because God's planted you. It's time for something new. What happened in the past is wonderful. What he's done in the past is wonderful. But there's more. There's another seed time. There's going to be another harvest. You might as well expect it. After that harvest, there's going to be another seed time. But following that seed time, you can look for another harvest. In the name of Jesus, 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 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I know this song is a little different analogy, but really in principle it's similar to what I preached. And if you're just sitting there, just lingering for a few more moments, you want to join me as your prayer this morning? Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yield it and still. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting yielded and have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting yielded and still. There's a, I think there's a couple of you.
what I feel is accurate. There's a couple of you that you're kind of arguing in your mind and spirit right now that because in the context what I've preached, what I've said, what you've been buried by is your mistakes and your failures and you're arguing in your mind that this can't be for you or it can't apply to you. Let me remind you of what happened in Peter's life. The Lord said to Peter one day, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth, bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth, whatever. To Peter, to Peter, he said, I give you the keys. I think we believe, we know and believe here today, God knows everything. God knows our future. And since Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh, He knew what Peter's future held. And He knew that in just a little ways off from that moment, Peter was going to stand around a fire and say, I don't know him. I don't know him. Three times he denied that he knew Jesus. Let me tell you something. If anything ever buried somebody, that buried Peter. Because he left from that fire with his hopes and dreams for the future shattered. Because he messed up so badly. But when Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom, he knew that moment was coming. And after that moment came, he didn't go back to Peter and say, Peter, I'm sorry, I messed up. Give me the keys back. Because on the day of Pentecost... The seed that had been sown sprouted. And out of all of the disciples, it's the one that denied Jesus. Out of all the disciples to stand on the day of Pentecost and declare that message, it was the one who had denied Jesus. So I tell you again, if what God has chosen in your life to be the things that the thing that buries you as a seed is some failures, He knew that in advance and planted you anyway. And He has not and will not change His mind. In Jesus' name, I've already told you, I mean it sincerely. If you need to go, you can go. But the Holy Ghost is still ministering to some people in this place. So I'm not, we may officially dismiss at some point, but right now we're not dismissing. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art 
the potter, I am the clay, mold me and make me after thy will, while I am waiting, yielded and still have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay, mold me and make me after thy will, while I am waiting, yielded and still, have thine own While I am with 